welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. Everyone's paying attention right now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at trauma packs. My name is Ash, and uh, I'm hopefully joined by three members of my firefighter family tonight. We have Scott. Hey. I promise you we have Scott. Hey there. We have Todd. Hello. And we have Rob. Hi there. And, uh, yeah, we've just... <laughs> no, now we're off YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever we're on. Uh, we spent the last hour getting sucked into uh, the TikToks and the Instagrams. Now we're just checking out uh, some trauma pack stuff and some cool videos that uh, were flo floating around. So, uh, But tonight, speaking of cool videos that were floating around, um, we're going to um, not dissect, but just chat about a recent video uh, that's been circling around the internet. Uh, it's Rescue and Firefighter Bailout and Impalement. Um, shows uh, uh, a multi-story, I think two-story two two um, building. Um, firefighter was making a rescue out of the second story. Had a little small um, balcony, like what do they call those? Uh, uh, Juliet? Or, Juliet balcony? Uh, yeah, Romeo or Juliet, yeah, one of them. It's one of them. <laughs> it was a star-crossed rescue. I think, I think it's a Juliet. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the fire started to push pretty heavy, and uh, you start to see a hasty rescue and then a real hasty bailout. Um, so we were just going to chat about uh, what that looks like, some uh, some potential options and uh, benefits, uh, pro pros and cons of each. So, uh, yeah, who's, who wants to take? Well, I think, yeah, like if you haven't seen the video, basically what I've seen, the majority of any sort of fire-related Facebook or TikTok group that shares posts, mm -hmm. it's out there now. Um, and yeah, it looks like it, it's hard because it's just the one video vantage point. Right. And then just as it's getting spicy, as somebody would say, mm -hmm. um, when they start doing the bailout and dropping that other um, uh, person out, patient out, uh, a ladder truck comes right in the way, kind of blocks part of the view. Yeah. But it looks like there's one engine on scene and we were kind of dissecting it like the there's a window on the first floor that's directly below that second floor balcony. So they got a ladder thrown um, over the, the security fencing um, up to that second floor. Mm -hmm. Window was still intact, fire showing inside the window and it looks like a little fire on the um, I guess kind of Bravo side of like the stairwell looks like almost like a little multi-family uh, dwelling. Right. And um, it a little bit of light smoke coming out. And then looks like one firefighter was kind of footing the ladder at the bottom end with SCBA on, but didn't have his face piece on. And then looks like just a bystander, a civilian at the top of the ladder. Um, and then a firefighter on the balcony helping somebody else climb over the balcony onto that ladder. And then pretty much at that moment, the fire breaks through the window, starts self-venting, getting pretty hot. Um, looks like the one bystander on the ladder drops the person. And then he starts making his climb down the ladder, gets too hot, and he jumps. And that's when the firefighter ends up bailing out, make, makes a, a reach for the ladder. And whether he slips or just pushes off the ladder, uh, and then he falls down. Um, and that's right when that ladder truck comes into play. And if you look at it multiple times, it looks like that firefighter may have kind of landed on the fence. Mm -hmm. 
It's very hard to see, but you can see what almost looks like a turnout gear or jacket or something, kind of right at the top of that fence line. And that bottom firefighter looks like he's kind of messing around trying to help or lift or push that, that person. So and then the video stops. On the um, on Fire Rescue 1 here, they have an article on, on, they don't have a video, but they have the article. And it sounds like the firefighter fell and um, impaled his leg. And also got secondary burns to his hands. And the lady was burned 20% of her body. Yeah, because it looks like they, that... They call it a flash fire. So they say. But it looks like the, that fencing. It's your typical kind of security fence with those little, yeah, um, little on spikes top, and yeah. nubs on the top, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's a flash fire. I think it just... It just got a lot of oxygen and went cooking really fast. <laughs> like looking at the video again. I don't know what... Like what you consider as a flash fire. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, it, it, it definitely appears there was a... Like you can see the smoke. Introduction yeah. of oxygen. Yeah, and then um, the smoke is smoke is fuel, and mm -hmm. it started to... I think it's just timing in the fire yeah. clock. It just started, got to that point where it That's right. Yeah. Free burning mm -hmm. more, right? So I guess the question, or some of the things we were going to talk about, is... Um, Exterior water application. Because yeah. when they first start getting there, like, so you got the, so the one guy on the base of the ladder, he's not even footing the ladder. No, he is. No. He's actually standing a couple rungs up. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, could he have been a, doing an exterior water application? Well, this is, this is where it's hard to dissect these. Yeah. Like, when the video kind of is back further, you know, you can see it looks like a hose line kind of pulled out, but still kind of left uncharged and a little bit of a heap on the ground. And with that there? No, right at the, right at the bottom of the, the video at the very start. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, there's some yellow line. It's all yeah, so you got some yellow line that kind of comes <clears> out. <throat> and we're just chatting a possibility. Maybe it looks like they pulled up, started stretching that line, then got some intel that there's somebody mm -hmm. up there and, and had to switch gears to a rescue. Yeah, I was trying to zoom in. That uh, the second guy up on the ladder, I was like, is that, because he's got a blue blue hat on. So yeah. then I'm thinking, oh, is it maybe a safety officer jumped in? And then you start looking more and more close. That's not turnout gear. No. It doesn't appear to be turnout gear. So I think. With the old blue that, jeans and back yeah, of the hat. Yeah. yeah, that looks like, uh, you know, passerby, as things started to get a, a little heated, jumped in. Um, so it looks like maybe they had a plan. Yeah. when they first first arrived and maybe they weren't aware of somebody in the second floor mm -hmm. uh, so things shifted right away and that's not uncommon i mean just after like our most recent structure fire that we talked about last week um was very very similar uh, luckily there was no patients inside of the building mm -hmm. but the initial plan was to do a uh, fire attack and then that shifted to a potential search and rescue um Maybe that's something that was, you know, happening there. Lines, lines were stretched. Shit, we got somebody in the second story. Let's start mm -hmm. throwing ladders prior to water application. That's right. But coming back to what you just said there, when you have the lower manpower and, you know, that time, like you can see how fast that fire progressed. Mm -hmm. Taking a couple seconds to, to throw some exterior water ap ap application on that fire that's going to buy you a lot more time for that for that rescue. Yeah, it starts slowing that clock down, right? Mm -hmm. And again, it's it's a lot of what-ifs in the video because it's a short video. But it does appear, just in that clip, like I only see two firefighters. So right. is it a minimum engine crew? Is there two guys? Mm -hmm. Is there three guys? Is there still a, 
um, a pump operator or engineer involved somewhere, mm-hmm. who knows? Um, but definitely there is one thing missing. There was no water. There was no water. Yeah, like <clears throat> tough, tough to tell if that's a city department that staffs three-ish, four per three, four per per first first two engine. Um, yeah, it's really tough to see. And again, like it's it's always hard to to kind of not nitpick, but to dive into these videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's never about talking shit. Um, no, it's just trying trying to learn from them and see um, you know what what are some 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 different avenues that could could have been explored uh, for better or worse. Um, yeah, and I think also like it's you know when you look at a video like that, like try and put it in the context of what would we do mm-hmm. if we rolled up and if that was our only manpower. Because I've I've rolled up to scenes where we've had two three guys in our truck and yeah. that's it, mm-hmm. and, and still a few minutes out from that other second do engine, right? You know, and then a while back when we did some of that uh, first in all loan training was very steered towards minimal manpower, and then switching gears to that rescue. So mm-hmm. throwing a ladder by yourself, you know, climbing up for a, a potential grab, um, you know, and. Like you said, Ash, maybe that ladder was, it was already up. Maybe they were prepping for a VIS. Mm-hmm. Right? Who knows? Yeah. I watched that video a few times there, and a couple of questions I have. One is uh, the firefighter at the bottom of the ladder. Why is the civilian at the top of the ladder? Why is it not the firefighter at the top of the ladder? Mm-hmm. And when the firefighter is helping the civilian out onto the ladder which they kind of missed. There's a lot of heavy smoke. Mm-hmm. But... Gives me a lot of heat there, too. Kind of yeah. oh, yeah. looked like, too, that the firefighter on the balcony that jumped down um, either lost his helmet or had his helmet off, but I didn't see an air pack. And it's hard to see because it's a quick yeah, jump off of there. It's hard to see. But it, I, it looked like just straight turnout gear. Yeah. So, again. Yeah, I mean, a lot, I, I know a lot of guys are doing the clean... Was it clean truck? Clean cab? Clean cab. Clean cab. Yeah. Um, yeah. We don't do that currently, and I, don't, I hope we don't. Ever. I hope we never get there. Because, <laughs> um, you know, when we get out of the truck, we're fighting fires. Mm-hmm. we got air, an air pack on, and usually we are masked up. Like, other than maybe the captain, firefighters have masks on, and they're, they, literally the last thing they do before they get out of the truck is uh, go on air, and, and, unless it's going to be a while until they need it. Mm-hmm. But pretty much they're ready to go. Um. And I noticed a lot of these um, recent videos is, you know, there's a 30, 40 second delay putting, uh, Getting the last putting everything on, on. Yep. And, um, which is fine when it's only a fire, mm-hmm. but in a rescue like that, I'm thinking sometimes they're like, oh, don't have time to do that. I'm just going to go up this ladder and, and affect this rescue. Meanwhile, they don't have any of their gear on. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's happened here. And it's hard, again, we keep saying it's hard to say, but... Um, I think if we just take this video and not like, like, don't critique it, but just look at it and just say there's there's questions. Mm-hmm. And we're only watching <clears throat> what a minute worth of video. Even, we yeah, don't see yeah, the beginning. Yeah. We don't know the circumstances. Um, yeah. We're just we're just commenting on what we can see. Um, yeah. I mean, one thing that's kind of we notice because a, f- a few of us noticed it is the um, not in, only in this video but in a lots of different videos is. It seems to be water is is kind of like a forgotten thing. It takes a long time to see it. Yeah, it's like 
like in a lot of the videos, it's like the water doesn't flow. It's yeah. a bunch of other stuff happens first. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of the, those transitional attacks. Yeah, the exterior water application is not a thing or something. And, some of, and, and a lot of the stuff we see. Yeah, and you know, you see things on, you know, things that get kind of heated in some comments. Uh, if you're on any of the fa- Facebook pages or whatever, um, it drives me mental. These these uh, comments about like if you do any sort of ex- exterior work at all. Like, you're not a true firefighter. We don't do yard work around here. <laughs> exactly. Yard <laughs> those, work, Those right? guys from that one, yeah. Uh, drives, drives me yeah. mental. It yeah. doesn't make you any less of a firefighter. And you can't argue the science behind resetting that uh, fire clock. And I get some of the arguments. That's, you know, there's fire pushing from the basement level. And if you put water in there, what does that do? It's going to add heat and steam. But you know what else is really bad for the patient? Fire. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which they just had to come out a wall of fire. So yeah, I it's mean, not about dousing the fire. You're just resetting the clock. You're just slowing it down. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. Like I said, like until you're, you're in their shoes, like what's, what's that initial priority? Like maybe mm-hmm. that fire wasn't that bad at that, that basement window mm-hmm. or first floor window. Um, so they had moments cause that ladder was already well thrown and they were up and in the balcony. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. that's going to take some time. You know, and then then it started making the push out out that window, um, and yeah, what do you what do you do? Let's say there's two three guys in that truck. You know, what, what we talked about uh, master stream. Mm-hmm. You know, from uh, there is one from your engine mm-hmm. if there is one. Yeah, start hitting it, throwing it in. Well, and then one thing we were talking about tonight was um, can't what if, what if the what if the pump operator grabs a hose line. Mm-hmm. And does some exterior water. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a common thing that the pump operator doesn't like. They're tied to the truck. They're tied to the truck, but you know, if there isn't a master stream, great because they're they're on the pump deck with yeah. the, with the master mm-hmm. stream. But I mean, we even at our fire recently, one of our our second do guy, our second do pump operator. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we were running low on manpower, so I said, or him and I had a discussion, and he went and got a hose line, and he started doing exterior water application, mm-hmm. and like. He would just glance over. He's only using one line, so he's glancing over at the truck, watching, like, you know, seeing if it's dropping. And like we said, if you're running the hose and, you've, and you're and you using it, well, you know what the truck's doing. If the truck's yeah. working well and you can hear the engine, um, do you have to be right at the... Or can you be 50 feet away or 100 feet away and, and go back to the truck if there's a problem? Well, how often do trucks have problems? Yeah, <laughs> the other exactly. question, right. like... Yeah. There's, there's also a lot of good videos out there where you see a really good pump operator... Uh, or engineer, they they roll up, and as their guys are still stretching lines and getting in place, boom! It fires up that monitor, yeah. their deck gun, yeah. Yeah. does a quick knockdown from like the, I think one of the videos it was the, the whole front porch, yeah. um, knocked right. it down in a window, yeah. shut her down. Now the guys finish put throwing their face piece on, and in they went right. Yeah. Went I mean, I'm thinking a lot of the, like this is me saying that if they didn't have a master stream, yeah, like could you could a pump operator turn the pump on, get everything going? Run a hose line out quick, then run back, charge it, and go. Or yeah, get or get a firefighter to drag it out. Like that was almost in that video. Drag it out. Yeah. Starts climbing up the ladder. Oh, we need some water. Yeah, they're focused on the rescue. Pull throw on a ladder. Perfect. You know, mm-hmm. you've engaged that pump. Line's already stretched, or you stretch a line. Like a lot of the, a lot of these trucks have a bumper line or something. Yeah. Um, you know, throw a short line out. Boom. Start doing that exterior water application. That'd be super beneficial. Absolutely. As a pump operator, as doing it myself for many years too um you're 
you're not always tied to the truck. Um, you know, if you're flowing water out one hose, there's a pile of things you can be doing and have been doing before. Yeah. You can be changing bottles. You can be grabbing tools. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, could you be run, could you be running? Would you feel comfortable running a hose? Sure. Yeah. Uh, on exterior, not going. Obviously, not yeah. going. Oh, on yeah. No, no, yeah. Interior. For sure. Yeah. Um, when you're running three or four hoses out and you have yeah. two lines into the truck, that's when you're tied to the truck. Yeah. yeah. And, and then by that time, you second, have the manpower. Yeah. Right? yeah. And <laughs> if, if anybody's doing an interior attack, then you're glued to your truck. Yeah. Absolutely. But we're talking strictly exterior wire application. Nobody's inside the structure yet. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's easy to run. I think even if we've got... Organ of VIS. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, because, yeah, you have this set line for backup. Yeah. And you can hand it to the guy at the window if you need to. Like, hey, I got the line charge for you. Here you go. Well, yeah, I think we touched base on that the last episode or one of the past ones about VIS. Like, you know, now that you've gone in there, depending on the level of smoke and what you find or the story changes, hey, this might be our closest access to yeah, get a seat to that fire. That's a strong point. And boom, where you go. I think, your line in. I think that's a good thing with our, at least with our trucks. Uh, we've got that mid-pump deck, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can jump out each side each side still have a look at your pump see what your water level is your pressure yeah, and still be able to get around the truck and do stuff yeah i guess that's one thing with a city truck most of them have uh <coughs> side, yeah, side pumps side so it's usually on the um driver's side, side. Always, yeah it's always on the yeah. driver's side yeah. so if you're in this video these guys would be on the wrong side mm-hmm. yeah so they wouldn't be able to necessarily monitor their pump as easy and mm-hmm. looking at the video too if you pulled up you know from the right side of that video and parked on the left hand side of that video your pump operators you might be blocked too so you might not see all that action that's going on that's true mm-hmm. yeah yeah hmm. mid-mount pump for the win <laughs> <laughs> for sure you know it's funny there's you look back at any past truck builds yeah it's always a controversy you know are we doing the good old classic uh mid-mount how we do in our areas or do you do side panel? Because we've had those discussions with custom cabs now. We're going to have a I don't think ours ever. Been, I don't think we ever. No. Like it, that was a right it, from the start with our new. It was problems. funny at the yeah. start. Like, as not a pump guy, like I didn't have a preference for myself, but I see the pros of why we we have the mid mount, and I think some of the people were confused that if you went to custom cab, you would lose that mm. as an option. So that was the only real kickback. And as soon as we're like, no, no, like it can still stay. Like we're yeah. good having that. Oh, mint. Um, so yeah, there was, there was never really a question on our end. Yeah. I mean, obviously once you start going towards like a quint or any sort of aerial, um, yeah, that's going to change, yeah. but that's a bit more of a purpose. And that's purpose built truck. probably always going to, always going to, nah, I hate always, but we'll mm-hmm. be our second to do. For sure. And it'll, yeah, and like you said, it'll have another purpose. Yeah. And again, for what we do in our areas, which is a benefit, I feel, versus you look at like a, a large city department, they're all cookie cutter trucks. Like mm-hmm. the guys really don't have a say in anything. It's just, sure. this is what we're getting. Here's the fleet. Mm-hmm. Whereas we have always kind of done our purpose built trucks um, for our areas because we have these long driveways, these long orchards and vineyards and and sometimes there isn't that lot of side access. That's why that mid-mount is, is very beneficial. Absolutely. You know, going back to the deck gun, um, and I made the comment in a, in a text message about maybe some of our older members that really only drive the truck or do the pump operator stuff. Having that deck gun might give them a little more purpose when it 
when needed, right? Might it, it might give them something, not something to do, but um, <laughs> you know, they might be a little bit more encouraged to to dr- sure. or even guys that want to drive the truck, but like, oh, now I'm stuck just being want a bump operator, mm-hmm. right? That might serve a, a purpose for them as well. Um, well, it's a huge benefit sometimes, depending on know what the what the plan of attack is for your IP from from the officer in charge right like it's uh you know it it can be a huge benefit and especially mm-hmm. like it depending if, if you've already you know plugged the hydrant and got your water supply and man you can start putting some serious water into something pretty fast well even when we were talking if we would have because we don't have a master stream currently on yeah. a new truck we will but if we would have it the other day on that fire that's what the the deck gun could have been hitting the um to be hitting that propane tank and the um, and the deck and everything else that was on fire, and that would have given you one more guy, and then yeah. you wouldn't have had to be the backup on the VIS. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Gus and Kevin could have done that, yeah. and you could have been more um, yeah. de- or, um, detached mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Done, done, your, done your deal. I mean, it worked out great what we did, okay. but um, but maybe with the master yeah. stream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's also important. I feel like if if you're going to get a deck on a truck, like you got to really decide on, uh, on kind of which style too, because like ours, um, when you crank it down, if you're too close, you, you don't have that. Right. Those, you can't get a low angle yeah. for that low angle. Yeah. Um, you know, then there's some, you can add a riser. Like we've had to add a riser to one of our trucks, um, for it as well, but then you need a different style right. of deck gun. So you can actually go lower mm-hmm. or lower pitch. Because ours, I, I don't know what the angle it, it stops at, but it's still quite high. Right. I guess the only disadvantage is, and I guess we'd have to run it the same way we run the truck with our two and a half with the smooth bore. Is mm-hmm. once we hit that half tank or that quarter tank, mm-hmm. shut her down. Yeah, right? you're going through a shit ton um, of water. As long yeah. as you've got water coming from somewhere, or if you're in town and can hook up mm-hmm. to a hydrant quickly, well, then you've mm-hmm. got no problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, shut it down after X number of seconds and. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. go headlined. Well, and again, it depends on, on the scene, right? Like if you've, you know, if that truck's already secured a water source, if you know you've got another one and somebody bringing a line to you right away, then yeah, you've got those options. Mm-hmm. But two, how many times have we been right up close to the fire? We've got an inch and a half or the two and a half and we're lobbing water at the roof and we're completely missing it <laughs> where if the truck, which is maybe another hundred feet, 150 feet yeah, back, back. probably would have been lobbing it in mm-hmm. a lot more yeah. accurately. Right. <laughs> that reminds me of that video that uh, Firefighter Fenton did. Yeah. <laughs> the water on him. Yeah. The water. Yeah. <laughs> Sipping his coffee, the water's in the face. <laughs> People blowing over the roof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that a few times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I've yelled at a few people. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Lately, we used to be... When we used to when we used to not go in as much, I, I noticed we used to everybody used to get wet a lot more because we yeah. used to we, we used to be a lot more exterior and kind of waiting for that roof to burn through and then throwing water and we'd miss and yeah. But now that we go in, it's like actually sorry, in the last fire I was getting hit from the guys that were in the inside. They it's were spraying up and out and then yeah. Yeah. launching the water up and landing on my head. I'm like, what? How does that even happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think back to that video. <clears throat> You know, there's um, there could be a lot of options, right? Depending on manpower and stuff as well. But uh, knowing what we know about that early water application, 
you know, in that transitional attack or whatever you may be doing, it's uh, <coughs> so beneficial. But like you said, Ash, you touched base on it. There's there's a lot of departments south of us that seem to not do it. Like the fire, they're rocking, they're going up, they're doing roof work and everything else. Mm -hmm. There's fucking firemen everywhere, but no water flowing not, yet. Nothing's flowing yet. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if we don't say it enough to guys. I know you're doing VIS training this past two weeks now. Yep. Um, if we don't say it enough to guys to put water on it to knock the fire clock back. Well, and actually, one thing that happened, so Thursday night we were doing we were doing the VIS practice. Mm -hmm. So we had uh, high-low VIS, so low, low, low bedroom, high bedroom. So we were throwing a ladder and all that stuff. So that was one side of the building. And the other side, uh, the attack team was holding, waiting for the VIS team to be done because they were going to do a positive pressure attack. So one of our one of the rules with VIS is you don't do a positive pressure attack because you don't want to turn the fan on and blow the smoking hot gases into those rooms where the guys are working potentially. So, um, but I think the guys misunderstood because I said, oh, you can do an exterior water application. No, sorry, the one thing you can do is an exterior water application. So they were kind of waiting and I think, and you know, it's, it's a training night, it's a drill. Like we weren't, it wasn't a scenario, it was more of a drill. Like I had the teams divided up into pairs. So it was like one pair would do, uh, um, low VIS, one pair would do the other high VIS, and then one pair would wait and do, um, fire attack. Huh. So I went over at one point on the first go round cause we did a cycle of three. First time around I walked over there and they were kind of sitting there waiting while the guys were doing VIS and the, the burn bell is rocking. And I was like, Hey, you guys can do an exterior water application. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. Like I thought we weren't allowed to. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm like, you're, you're, you're allowed to, you just can't, you, we shouldn't be putting, we shouldn't do, be doing a venting or we, we can vent, but we shouldn't be doing positive, um, positive pressure. pressure ventilation. Yeah. So they're like, Oh, so I said like, for instance, so I grabbed the burn building window. I, I use a pipe pole and I popped it open. I said, now the window just blew out cause there was too much heat. And I'm like, ah, I said, oh, so now we can do exterior water application. Uh -huh. Problem in a burn building with exterior water application, you do like five seconds and the fire goes out. Yeah. <laughs> cause it's, it's pallets. So it's uh -huh. like, I mean, it's very effective. And which is cool, but uh, it kind of um, took away from now their attack because now they're going to go in and they're going to do a positive pressure attack and push in and, and we're trying to get them to be get used to fire rolling over their head mm -hmm. and doing that attack and using the fan to um, support that operation. So what I was getting them to do, um, either not hit the fire directly and just hit the roof or, um, or only hit it for like four or five seconds. And then let the fire build back up and then do their attack. So uh, one thing I was really happy with the guys, they were using their, because the way our burn building is designed since it's, sea, since it's some sea cans, um, the back of the burn building where the suite is, so where the um, rollover room is, that's where I had the fire build. So the guys were coming in the front of the 40 footer and our one window is mid point of the 40 footer. Mm -hmm. So that's where the vent, that's where the vent hole was. So whether so the ventilation, the fans going in, pushing the, um, and it was kind of pushing the smoke and hot gases out, but the fire is still like 20 feet back from that ventilation hole. So the guys are smart enough and they realize, oh, I can't get, I can't put myself between the ventilation hole and the fire. So they were using the reach of stream to hit the fire pre-ventilation. And I, I kind of actually wanted to see what they were going to do because um, in the past we've had guys go past the, the ventilation hole because they want to get right up into the fire. Right. But then, then as soon as they hit it, 
um, all that steam that they've just generated <laughs> comes back in their face and yeah. eh, they don't get burned, but they, they definitely feel the heat. Feel the heat. And they, yeah. they go, oh, and then they realize I shouldn't have put myself between the ventilation hole. Mm-hmm. Did anybody, sorry, because I really like this tactic, did, did anybody do any hydraulic ventilation? Uh, I think one team did. Yeah. 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 I didn't tell them to. So sometimes in the drills and stuff, like they won't do stuff unless I tell them to. Right. Whereas on scenario nights, they'll do whatever they know. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but I think on drill nights, um, they almost think, oh, uh, if he didn't tell me to do it, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Which is fine. Whatever. I mean. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're practicing that specific set set of skills. Yeah, and I mean the mm-hmm. skills, the the real the skill I wanted to really get people down to because I also had an officer kind of, uh, I had Brian as the officer for the scene. I want to get the officer used to um, keeping an order of what has to happen next. So right. high low VIS, and then the fire attack, and then what would happen is whoever was done their VIS first, because I only had one patient, so one room had a patient, the other one didn't. So as soon as the one team was done their their VIS, they would come out, and then Brian would take that team and, sh- and send it over to the attack. Right. So mm-hmm. it was, yeah, and then they'd support the attack team. I think if you've got two, like with our recent one, thankfully there was no patient and we didn't have to do any extrication out of the building. But if you've got two VIS, because VIS is going on, one team finishes before the other team does. It's almost handy to take that team and cycle them into the other guys because if you are doing a rescue with a ladder and you're yep. pulling a patient out, you need those extra set of hands. If yep. they're already masked up, they can get close <clears throat> to the building and do stuff. If Yeah, and I, I think it would have... Because uh, we only use a child patient, so it was like everybody that found the patient, they were easily able to lift them out. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I think if we use a bigger patient, then, then the resources would get shifted to where they were needed. So in right. this yeah, case, absolutely. they were they were shifted to the to the fire attack because that's what was needed. But I think if they had, like, like they just had a small child patient, so um, the guys were almost, like, the first team was done and the other, and the second team was already bringing the patient down the ladder or bringing the patient out the lower window. So basically the teams were almost done simultaneously. Some were a little bit slower because... Some of this was, uh, we had a few of the rookies. This is their first time. So they yeah. were kind of feeling out this whole VIS thing because they weren't really sure some of the stuff. Yeah. And we're doing live fire. Like, they understand the concept. They just hadn't done it live fire before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, we had it rocking, so it was definitely hot in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and you kind of talked about it last time, too. Like, so let's say you have an adult um, uh, patient in there that, you, that you found doing a VIS. Getting that person up and over yeah. is very difficult, and that's where Absolutely. you know, with your um, officer or your team leader at the window with a tick, you know, it's super beneficial. Like, okay, hey, he can be on comms. Yeah, we found a patient. You know, alpha side, second story window, uh, extricating. That right there should mean more people coming up to help. He yep. now jumps in, yep. starts assisting. Then you bump up the person down by the ladder comes up. They start coming up the ladder, yep. getting ready for the rescue. Two firefighters hand them off, and down you go. Yeah, or throw that mm-hmm. second ladder, and have yeah, throw, or throw the second ladder if you got it. Yeah. yeah. Difficult thing with that too is in our training building, mm-hmm. our walls are eighth inch, quarter inch thick steel, like containers are. Where, like our recent structure fire, we're talking about a window sill that was maybe in some cases ten inches wide because of the way that that ledge was built. So, um, sometimes we don't train to work around those extra widths because it was a mm-hmm. I don't know two foot wide window 
Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so sometimes those change things when we're training as well. Oh, so you're mm-hmm. saying it's harder to... Well, it's harder to get somebody up over the ledge. Yeah. That's why the extra hands, right. you know, getting that second guy in there if you, ha- if you have to. Right. Um, Find an old dresser. Throw some dressers by those windows or something, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I usually yeah. I throw something like underneath, so it'll be yeah. more realistic for the guys. Um, mm-hmm. Like I'll throw, well, sometimes it's pallets, sometimes it's an old, like I think there's an old chair in there right now, there's a lazy boy or something yeah. inside, and then there's a bed. The upstairs window never has really anything in it because it's kind of a, I mean, it was kind of a weird design up there. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, probably some more furniture. So, question for you. Uh, in our new building that we're going to be putting up, which is not going to be any live fire in it. Yep. Um, It'll have a Juliet balcony. We're gonna we're gonna plumb that so that we can have um, chimneys into there, so we can at least smoke it out. Yeah. Is there any plan to have like VIS done in there? Yes. So that we can have proper um, dressers, beds, couches, chairs, because that's the one thing what we don't get a feel for. Other than that crazy room that Jason made, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> training is. Was he over it? Like he he made it like hoarder room, which yeah, is crazy. He did. Have you seen that room? Is it new or is it no? It's a, I was it's in. our old VIS room, but he he uh, filled it full of like so much stuff that we can't even like get in there anymore. Oh no! Because like, I was in that one room on the couch. Yeah, so that one. So out. that one. Yeah, we've uh, Jay moved in a whole bunch of just junk, and because he's like you know, yeah, but it was realistic because there was a couch and a chair and stuff. But now he moved it in, so it's like, there's like so much stuff in there. Like, you can't even walk through there, because it's like a hoarder house. Yeah. And then we throw a dummy in there, and okay, try to find the guy now. Yeah. And it's it's actually, it's quite realistic, because it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely really what we'd mm-hmm. find. But that's definitely what we need, is some yeah. stuff. Some extra props in there. Props. Yeah, and if yeah. you're not burning in there, like I said, like if you're yeah. still smoking and heating it up, mm-hmm. that'd be really beneficial to have it. More like a bedroom, more... Well, like we can build wooden way. furniture and stuff, and we don't yeah. need, like... It doesn't have to be fire resistant and yeah. no, for sure. Right. Well, I think what happens we can do too wider is window we get sills, more realistic windows. We get used to just searching the walls. We don't realize. Wait, that mm-hmm. wall moved a little bit. Is that a closet door? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like Kevin oh, learned yeah. when you thought that that, yeah. that chair, chair you thought was a person was mm-hmm. just a chair. Um, mm-hmm. We don't use props like that. We don't get the places to search. Like yeah. Kevin had the idea after that VIS search of that bedroom was did i check underneath the bed thankfully mm. the the bed was the box spring was on the floor on the floor yeah. right but mm. you don't get used to where are kids going to go to yeah they're going to mm-hmm. go to under the bed in a closet yeah. behind a yeah. door um, yeah. and that's why it's also it's you know it's good to train to know the swings of your doors and houses but it's not always the case though either right like you know like if you're in a, if you're in a just a standard bedroom you know, if you find an uh, uh, inward swinging door, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's going to be a closet door. You know, then if you find one, it, it could be leading into a basement or stairs. But however, like, look at this room, and then we're like, our, like my house, our um, master closet, it's a big walk-in. Mm-hmm. Well, it's got the other style of door. So it's not always going to be the same. So that's why right. it's, it's hard. Like I said, you start adding those props, it'll make it very beneficial. Not even those doors, like the bifold doors, too. Yeah, fucking oh, bifolds. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, then there's some like uh, we're, we've been working on a government building in the last few few days, doing some training for uh, either work, and uh, there's this random. We found this random door. It doesn't go like it doesn't do anything, but it's like half a door. Hmm. 
So I, I always imagine like, okay, if I'm searching, if I'm in fi if I'm in fire world and I'm searching, and I find this door, but it's like it's just a door, like it's just, it doesn't do anything, like it's not, mm -hmm. it doesn't block anything. It's but it's just you'd find that door and be like, and if it was dark, you'd be like, what is this thing for? Like you're yeah. trying to piece together, and it'd probably slow you down for a good thirty seconds to a minute trying to figure out what the, why this door is just sitting on this wall in the middle <laughs> of nowhere for no reason. Right. You'd be like, where am I? Going? Where am I right now? <laughs> Some doors, they really get in the way too. Like when we made. Uh, well, last last year when we went in here and one of our guys pulled somebody out <clears throat> from a uh, basement, mm. um, he went into the bathroom, found him in the tub. And that, you know, that door, he said, it, it swung open, it's hitting the toilet, like there's yeah. no room. And then as he gets in and starts extricating this patient, yeah. now that he's backing into this door, he had to like position his hips and like kick the door out of the way. And mm -hmm. like it's quite difficult. It can be a bit of a hindrance. So, yeah. That situational awareness is really hard to maintain sometimes. Yeah, for sure. Because in a perfect world, you're going to get perfect construction. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> go, yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Like, we never, I don't think we've ever been to a perfectly, like, usually perfect houses don't burn down. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. They have sprinklers in them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's usually some weird, like, you know, it was built 50 years ago and. Um, even again back at that building that's that's a government building you'd think uh, it would be all code and stuff and like normally when you open the door um where's the light switch because mm. we're talking about this for uh for tactical movement stuff it's like well where would the light switch be okay it's usually right by the when you open the doorknob it's right like doorknob side mm. well that's fine for most of those rooms and then we found this one room where it was like it was like behind the door, so we're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> so that screwed us up for some of the stuff. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a bedroom switch just like that. It's behind the door. Yeah, my bathroom switch is like that yeah. behind the door. Right. So it's, mm -hmm. you know, like I mean, not saying we, door, not, yeah, not saying it's something we, we care about. It, so it's an outward swinging door. Yeah. Right. So when he goes in, he opens it. It outward swings, but it's still doorknob light switch. Yeah. But you open the door, it's an outward swinging door now. Huh? Yeah. So it's not like you have to walk all the way around. Yeah. It's nice for nighttime stuff, but yeah, that can throw somebody off if you're in that room and all of a sudden, mm -hmm. like, oh, I have an outward swinging door. Where am I going? Yeah. What is this? <laughs> am I searching the closet? No, I'm going out to the rest of the house. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, actually, just going back a little bit to what we're talking about, that exterior water application. Um, another key point when people are doing that is to remember not just to lob it in, like, even if it's the first floor, like you want it high, right? Yeah, like straight ceiling. stream, high pitch, high angle, mm -hmm. bounce it off that ceiling. You know, start cooling those those superheated gases and the fuel up there, right? If you mm. see a lot of those videos where they're getting water on the fire, that that swirling movement, that back and forth, yeah. um, knocks it down pretty quick. If you yeah watch a few of those, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's it's super key to make sure you're maintaining that straight stream, right? So we're not introducing more <clears throat> more oxygen, but just that water. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. know. But like, you know, I, I, I know in the past, was, oh, you're pushing fire. We know that's not true. We know pushing mm -hmm. fire is not a thing. Um, what it could do is uh, some, of the, some of the steam could be uh, pushing into other rooms. So, but again, I think steam is, I'd rather be steamed. <laughs> Than burned by fire. <laughs> Agree. You know, I get steam goes more places. Like it, you know, it expands more and it gets into more areas. But um, I don't know. But still, it's it's all about flow paths now, right? Like yeah. <clears throat> you know, and and that's just it. Like you know, the argument always was that no, you're doing that, you're gonna push the fire out into something else. Like well, no, we're not. It's like some of those superheated gases are gonna 
you know, flow yeah. out. Yeah. But guess what you just done? You just cooled it substantially. Yeah, like hundreds of degrees yeah. cooler. Yeah, because, I mean, even like if you do a deluge and you dump it, like, yeah, it'll be steamy for a couple seconds. But then the water will overwhelm the steam and yeah. then it'll just, you know, it'll be mm-hmm. super cool. Mm-hmm. Versus if you let it sit there, it's going to keep building, building, building. It's not going to, it's not getting any cooler. And I get our burn building is different yeah. than, you yeah. know, real life structure. But in training, a lot of the times, like, one of us will be in, inside as a tech. Yeah. So you'll have somebody maybe on the basement level, you'll have somebody up on the top, right? Because as much as it's a, a metal sea can with pallets and hay, I mean, shit gets hot, it gets dark, and you know, it's good to have eyes on there. So if, if somebody gets into a bad spot, you have a safe a, a guy there for uh, safety. Yeah. But during all of this, exterior water application, um, even in a like a steam kiln environment, there's been guys in there and you can monitor and we've had guys in there with a thermal and you can see what that heat difference is and Mm. it's just that like it sucks for 30 seconds like it's a bad time it gets really hot yeah and then it gets way better like way better and like i i remember being upstairs on one of our our practices and it was guys were doing a search um and we had the building cooking like it was hot uh, and then there was some water application on the lower level and it pushed that heat and it pushed it hard and then instantly better, like mm-hmm. super viable. Um, so it got really bad, really fast and it totally came up that stairway and then it got the steam, the steam. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. Like, like fire wasn't pushing yeah. the steam heat got really hot. Um, couldn't see anything. Face, face piece was completely uh, steam, steamed over. And I bet if you would have stopped, like, so if you just would have done, like, like a pencil, mm-hmm. yeah, so then the steam's going to, basically the fire's going to um, rebuild. Yeah. And it wouldn't have improved the condition. Mm-hmm. That's right. But then you do it again and again. So, yeah, you're going to get steamed. You're but if you steamed. do it and leave it and mm-hmm. and yeah. cool it, yep. it's going to get cooler. Well, think, think of, yeah, think, think of your interior tack. You're making a push down a hall or wherever you're going. And, you know, you're trying to make it into a room to where that, that, that fire room is. What are we doing as we're advancing? Like, you're spraying water. Yeah. You're cooling it as you go. So it's wall, mm-hmm. ceiling, wall. You know, advance yeah. a few more feet. Wall, ceiling, wall. Advance a few more feet. Wall, ceiling, wall. Mm-hmm. And now, yeah, guess what? Yeah, oh, fuck, it gets hot and pushes down low. But you're cooling it so much more. And then you're going to be able to get that, see the fire, knock it down. And what Rob said, hey, we've just got this thing knocked in a matter of moments. And now hydraulic vent, guess what? I can fucking see everything. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the, when you and I went through, oh, and Rob too, um, live fire, live years fire. and years ago, yeah. it was always pencil, pencil, pencil. Everything yeah, was pencil. Yeah. yeah. Because again, it's a, it was a pallet. Yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. pencil, and I honestly, I think they taught us pencil because they didn't, they didn't want us to put the fire out. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, they just doing this so the text didn't have to work so hard? Is that why we're penciling? <laughs> <laughs> Because then we realize, you know, then you go to your first actual structure fire and you're like, okay, pencil. What the? That didn't do fuck all. <laughs> <laughs> and penciling might have worked 30 years ago when the when the when everything was yeah. uh, wood. But, yeah, and, look at your you know, cotton batten. Yeah. But yeah. you know, yeah. you pencil you pencil a couch nowadays is like pencil and nothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pencil again, pencil, 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 pencil. Yeah, you need a, 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 a longer water. Yeah, now it's just like dump. <laughs> Yeah. I'd be really int- it'd be expensive to do. It'd be really interesting to throw sensors into our burn building 
throw sensors into a dummy and mm-hmm. into a firefighter in turnout gear. I just think a lot of burn the, millings, like a lot of the high-end burn millings. Like, yeah, just mm-hmm. to see the, the differences on how, like, obviously it's effective. Yeah. The the effectiveness of penciling or giving it a quick shot, seeing what the steam does to, you know, your te- different temperatures and at different levels, but also what's it doing to your actual patient that might be in the building? Right. You know. I, mean, I guess it's what, um, what was it, that NIST... They did the island. Mm-hmm. The yeah. island in New York. Was it NIST or is it UL? Uh, it's UL, so yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they had the so island, and they, and they had sensors everywhere, and they did so, all, yeah. There's tons of videos. video on the yeah. UL UL stuff. It's phenomenal, uh, and they literally build houses and burn them down. Or they had those old houses that they yeah they're yeah. Mm-hmm. like like the fire in the basement put um, water exterior water application from the basement because again people thought oh you're gonna put all that steam up in the so it went from like 600 degrees down to 200 degrees or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, there was no fire push. There was no heat. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Cause those of you all studies, like they, they're basically where we get all of our data from for, uh, like the duration of a roof collapse, like how long it takes with these, with the fuels nowadays <clears throat> for a roof to collapse and then right. firefighters on top, you know, with that weight ratio, like it's just all so calculated. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very interesting videos. Some of them are long, a lot pretty dry watching but the data you see a while like, like, yeah. it's pretty amazing you know I think a lot of the steam um, those old steam stories of well I remember getting steam burned like when we started we'd always oh yeah you're gonna get steam burned you're gonna get steam burned I think a lot of that was was an old wives tale I think because I think some of it's like dry heat versus versus um, like humidity mm-hmm. like it feels a lot hotter yeah. when it's all around you <laughs> than Maybe. when it's a dry heat. And it, well, then there's also you know you never had a bell clav on. Yeah. You had to wait for the tops of your ears to start burning, yeah, and then yeah. you knew yeah. it, was, it was hot, and then you're close to the fire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe your turn gear wasn't as good. <laughs> maybe it's just a different technology now too. In that goes into the gear, um, you know the Nomex yeah. and the fire retardant, this and that. Maybe back in that day. It wasn't as good as it is now. Oh, for and sure, so, yeah. 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 I think that's that, that that's a huge, too. huge thing, yeah. right? But, I mean, how, how many times in training have we taken guys in and we, you know, practice the straight stream or at least not like fog, obviously, and every once in a while there's somebody that doesn't change yeah. that nozzle back. Fog it. And they fog it, and what happens? It sucks. It gets yeah. hot. But the gear's there for, for yeah. a reason, and it actually does a good job like it, it yeah. does it does a, its job it's just yeah. changes the mid part of the outcome but like fog steam it it has a major major effect on fire um mm-hmm. probably wouldn't want to be in in the middle of it well the one thing i do in that every time i take new guys into the burn building when we do the mm-hmm. um, cold start and usually you're usually the guy asks to go open the rear doors yeah so I always, you know, we do the, you know, you do a pencil just to show them, and then we do a, um, and I usually turn it to fog, and like, and I show them what happens if you introduce, like, fog to the fire, and it gets really hot, and everyone's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I said, okay, so now if we have a good vent, so then I go get Ash to open the rear door, if we have a good vent, now you can apply all the water you want, and that's, this is actually the only way you're really going to put in a real fire. Mm-hmm. So then I just, I just, and I said, one thing you can't do is you can't be, you, you can't be um, um, stingy with your water. 
you got to keep it running because if you if you only put a little bit of water on that steam is going to come back on you so then i run it that basically that wall ceiling wall and i just go and i actually do more of a circle i yeah. go and go and go and go and go and i just keep going probably for a good 30 seconds put mm-hmm. the entire fire up push all of the steam out the back door yeah. or out the vent got, you've got your flow path yeah i mean yeah we make a flow path it. with, the, with yeah. the water right? mm-hmm. and then the guys are like okay so that's you know that's the aha for the for the new guys are like ah, mm-hmm. okay so a good vent combined with lots of water oh yeah. push yeah mm-hmm. absolutely and that's why it's so beneficial having you know burn season again <laughs> with yeah. uh with your burn building is to get in there and practice because you only do it once when you're in there and you don't check your 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 nozzle pattern and you go and open it up and it's hot as fuck in a real fire mm-hmm. like that only happens once to you it has a nozzle and then you always remember to check your nozzle yeah, yeah. it also it also teaches our guys to to do that buddy check yeah, because you know mm-hmm. you're not getting uh, your balaclava all the way over to your mask, and yeah, you always got some corner of your some chin or neck skin. exposing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's key is always keeping that buddy check going. It's super important. Absolutely. Because I think we've all done it. I put all my gear on and do a little self check, and it feels good. And then somebody comes and grabs you because there's something showing. You got a little, yeah, a little bit of skin showing. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you find out <laughs> when, you, yes. when you get in there, do a quick adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. I think you guys had a training with one of the neighboring departments where they did a, uh, I forget what kind of burn you did in our lower burn can. And one of the guys went in and steamed it. And yeah. I think it was a neck or something like that. Didn't quite have his bill of clever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get burned. Oh, it didn't get burned yet. Hot. Yeah, you hot. got like it looked like a sunburn. I guess yeah. definitely with a burn. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a steam burn. Yeah. Yeah. But probably never gonna do that again. <laughs> right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean you just learn so much, even from the water dripping from the ceiling, that's super hot. And just landing on like you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's rolling and you know, it's hitting your bill or your helmet, but you know, a little bit oh, still gets in your neck. Runs down your neck. And you're like, yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, that's uncomfortable. <laughs> but it's yeah. stuff you learn just from being in a live fire is oh, Oh yeah, right. That water gets hot, and then it drips on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like just mm-hmm. stuff you don't think of until it happens to you, and you're like, yeah. right. <laughs> it's your incentive to fucking move fast and get that fire out. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, there's always a couple of things that are, hey, if we do this quicker, more efficiently, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is better for everybody, us, and potentially anybody else there. So it comes down to, you know, your your hose handling and your hose movement and having that the guy at the door and at corners and bumping mm-hmm. up and feeding yeah. hose like people hate it when we practice it because they bitch about it but guess what that is one of the most fucking important skills absolutely mm-hmm. speed mm-hmm. yeah yeah so that video <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty all right exterior water, uh, exterior water <laughs> application yeah do we uh do we want to touch, touch base i guess on rob you had a a quick stabilization practice last week. Um, yep. Maybe just go over how that all played out. I know we kind of touched on it. Uh, I think we touched on it last podcast. Maybe. Maybe yeah. not. But <laughs> we uh, maybe we didn't. I don't know. But it happened. So mm-hmm. what that, means gonna, uh, that means we're going to get something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I set up a couple of vehicles for stabilization. Just more for... <clears throat> do just to do the skill uh we had a kind of cut up blazer old blazer on its side uh, just for some cribbing some wedges in the in the ground in the 
between the ground and the the frame of between the body just to you know keep it from rocking back and forth <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to yeah to stabilize it. um and and there were a few good different things that came out of that you know as far as whether you put it under the body or if you put it under the tire or under the uh i think it was under the leaf spring something like that to mm-hmm. keep the main portion of the body um from moving back and forth uh, and then we had a two vehicle uh, where we took a pickup truck and put it on uh, kind of the front, uh, the hood Classic and the glass yeah. of the, yeah, yeah, like a rear, rear-ended, but a really good one. And spent most, more of our time focusing on that and had, again, lots of good conversations from our guys and plans and ideas. And, mm-hmm. you know, they tried the, the V-struts in one position and found okay, if I put those there, those are going to be in the way if I need to do any extrication mm-hmm. on this side of the building. Um, maybe we move that out of the way and put it in a different spot, which is more effective. Uh, worked on, you know, they tied the two vehicles together. We tried to capture the the, uh, the struts, the springs suspension, on the, yeah. on the mm-hmm. one suspension. And uh, because of the way the pickup truck that was on top of the car... Uh, it had a weird hitch on it and it was digging into the roof so it was kind of supported there so what they did is we tried to cut do a dash roll and just to see what would happen how much would the truck move how much would the car move um you know did anything move at all when it other than the dash uh when we did all of that so mm-hmm. um, yeah it was just lots of conversation and ideas and plans and uh, which was, I think, the main thing. I had no real plan going into the stabilization other than stabilization. Um, mm-hmm. Just to see what everybody would do. Yeah, and it's <clears throat> that's always the one thing. It's hard to, um, you know, we start focusing one team on cribbing and stabilization. Generally, while you're still building your kind of action plan as an officer. And uh, it does happen sometimes where you throw a strut or something, and now that's in the way of your mm-hmm. plan. So it's, it's super hard to, to switch it. Um, and it's so important to place those cribbing, stabilization, chocks, whatever, in the right place for what you're doing because it sucks having to move it afterwards for, for sure. a plan. Yeah, exactly. I think what we went through was really, really good. Um, we have a lot of, like, switched on thinking people mm-hmm. in our our hall and the way that the practice was set up was really geared towards that so just to get people thinking um rob did a really good 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 job of setting everything up um and like nothing was crazy difficult and we definitely could have what if all all of these oh, yeah. like well especially the truck and car under ride uh you you can what if that that guy to death on what if we do this? What if we do this? Okay, mm-hmm. if there's a patient here, like one one of the one of the arguments was, why would we even pop a door? We're just going to trunk tunnel. Yeah. Like, okay, perfect. Like, yes, I get that. There's there's all of these options, but let's let's you know not turn this into something that's like not crazy. But we're looking at stabilization, what we can do to this car, what we can do to the truck. And then if you had to remove a patient, like if this thing stove it under this this truck, potentially there's going to be something, something behind it. So let's just focus on the front end of this. Okay, now everybody started to chat. 
And like Rob says, the struts came out and the initial placement that they were starting to do it possibly could have been in in the way. So that was a stop. Like, hey, stop. Everybody come over here. Let's chat about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rather than like, hey, let's keep on going and, and you know, letting them, quote, fail because now we're like, hey, like, what's the next step? Well, shit, now we don't have access to that A, a, a post and mm-hmm. making those uh, relief cuts low because we got these struts and straps so we stopped everybody brought everybody over and had another chat about it and say hey like like, what do you think think about this do we see any problems coming from this later on down the rescue and then that's where we kind of went off track and said well we just come in from the rear well what if you don't have access to the rear do you Mm want to limit what you can potentially do for this rescue like we don't have a patient like there isn't anybody in there because this because this is training so it's back to that what if, right? But what if you have a patient that's maybe through that glass or you have somebody that's got um, some entrapment in their lower section. So mm-hmm. now now we are getting into that, that, that front cabin area. And again, back to everybody being like really forward thinking. Um, once you kind of did a few of those like, like work, stop, work, stop yeah, and absolutely. discuss, it really op- opened up and everybody got, got I mean, it, it was all hands were in there and it was really good sorry todd question question for you uh we were talking about this a couple of weeks ago um about a similar setup you guys did some training on and you guys did a box cribbing underneath a vehicle or a pickup truck yeah it was similar setup um do you guys have long cribbing or do you just have the same one foot blocks that are wedges and Four by four posts, two by fours. Yeah, so generally they're uh, they're just a hair under eighteen inches. Actually, they should be eighteen inches long, um, but for our space in our truck and our boxes, they had to be under. I can't remember the exactly. I think they're like sixteen ish. Right. Um, but um, yeah, that, that's all we have for now. And actually, Ash and I were chatting the other day. Um, I want to start making some uh, another good stash of cribbing mm-hmm. for when we get our new rescue truck, but also just have some set up in the hall because as you guys know like that tractor incident you had like mm-hmm. you're using all your cribbing yeah. and it's the one thing you, you always run the risk of when you start getting into technical stuff mm-hmm. is running out of cribbing and then what are you going to do right you guys try the auto cribbers at all a little bit but they weren't tall enough to support the pickup truck that was on top of the car mm. Yeah, they came off the truck right away. Uh, they were over on the tarp, and then they came over towards the pickup truck. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they were... Um, we, we definitely found that we were lacking on our cribbing. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, like, we had a chat prior, mm-hmm. and then this this uh, practice scenario happened uh, and showed some of our uh, limitations on cribbing, uh, and that comes back to our height. Like, we have a lot yeah. of cribbing. Like, it's, it's not like we're, we're shy of the number of it uh between the two like the rescue and our second engine which doubles as our second rescue um we, we do have a lot of cribbing but we're limited to how high we can stack because of the, the length right yeah and that's always the kicker you always have to remember what your cribbing is you can only go three times the height of, of the max of your base mm-hmm. and i was just so, gonna ask that yeah. question too what that rule is yeah so that's that's your rule for that but then again if you had tons of cribbing, you could extend, build another box right beside it and continue on, right? right. And you can really, because a four by four piece of fur or whatever, like it's, I don't know, remember what it, 
Crush Factory. <laughs> it is, but it's huge. Might as well buy a gold a, bar, a, though. It's a amount of money it's going to cost by four by four pieces of fur. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's huge. Right? Those things hold so much. So, mm-hmm. uh, another question then with that box crib that you did under that vehicle, was it directly under the vehicle? Was it to the frame? We did it on the driver's side uh, frame. Frame support, okay. yeah. And then, so we had, uh, so it was a it was an under ride car under a truck, uh, similar to what you guys did. Um, and then we did uh, rescue forty twos, uh, captured suspension, uh, ratcheted everything tight, um, and then we built the box crib, used some lift bags, got our lift out of the truck we needed uh, to do a dash lift, um, and then we went went forward from there. Um, so just that one lifting point on that frame was adequate enough. To, to lift the ass end of the truck off of that car. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why we captured the suspension in the car so the car wouldn't raise back up, yeah. right? Um, and it worked out well. And then we had a f- uh, 42 on the other side, on the passenger side. Um, but then we also built another um, box crib just for cribbing purposes on the other side because we were on a little bit of a hill as well. And just for safety's sake, we did that one. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, just because we had, we had discussion about doing a box crib uh, and I couldn't remember in that picture you showed me of the box crib that you did where it was placed exactly, but we had talked about the idea of box cribbing up to the truck so that we could try and do that, roll that car back out so you could mm-hmm. do for, you know, as a what if type yeah. discussion. Mm-hmm. And there were hems and haws about whether they should even do that or what that, that height uh, rule was and so yeah, I mean, in the past we've trained also like we didn't have to do we didn't have to do a dash lift in the one scenario we did years ago we did it at your training grounds, uh, but we actually built a box crib on the firewall of the car and used lift bags to get the truck up. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's, right. there's there's lots of options, yeah. but of course, if you have a patient in that car for that underride. That with entrapment, now we need to do the dash lift. Well, I'm not going to go and build a box crib on the firewall because that's defeating the purpose where I need to lift, right? But um, yeah, there's lots of options with it. And it's just, you got to think, like, generally speaking, you don't need a lot of space to get somebody out, just enough. Mm -hmm. So we were able to, I think we lifted the truck six inches, and then that was adequate enough for that dash lift. Yeah, usually that thing's really squished. The patient is also really squished mm-hmm. <laughs> and usually not viable. Right. I mean, yeah. we'll have to get them out eventually, but um, yeah, but usually, yeah, you, this couple, of, like even the tractor. Mm-hmm. How far do we actually have to lift that tractor? Not very far. In the end, there wasn't of, a lot of movement. But the amount yeah. of stuff you have to do just to lift you know, stabilize like three or four inches, to you have to use it. all the cribbing yeah. just to get the three or four inch lift. Lift an inch, yeah. crib an inch, right? Yeah. 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 You have to crib all the yeah. inches. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tractors are a nightmare. And things yeah. were moving because that thing was, again, a tractor mm-hmm. with the mower on the back. Like like one inch in the front was a quarter inch in the back, and then yeah. it moves a bit more, and then that, that whole mower can shift. Well, yeah, the mower upside down on a three-point hitch, everything sways. Like, it's yeah. Just a yeah, yeah, there was a lot of movement that you know potentially could have caused some, some big, big issues there. So, And that was the other thing. So because we just had this tractor, Rob had a... Yeah. We, we've, we've got a tractor um, that we've flipped over a couple of times, so that was more just for discussion. We didn't put any hands on it, just kind of yeah. gathered everybody around and just... You actually they flipped it the opposite way, I noticed. I think Sorry? You, you no. flipped it. I thought you flipped it the opposite from yeah. what it was. Yeah. Yeah. You had flipped it. It's yeah, flipped tires kind down of yeah. Yeah. facing up. Yeah, but, which is yeah. totally fine. I mean, it's mm-hmm. still a tractor flips on its side. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. 
So we chatted about if there was somebody that was trapped. Basically the same thing that we had, but trapped on the high side. Still, how are we going to get this thing lifted up, up off of them when that front axle is floating? There is no frame. Mm -hmm. Like The drive line is the frame. Yeah. Um, you're sitting on these big balloons. You can't really crib a tire like yeah. like how, how are you cribbing this it's a motor with some sheet metal wrap wrapped around it so yeah. uh that was good probably spent about 15 minutes just yeah. just just chatting about that and um you know felt like the car and truck were the hands-on portion of it yeah. um spent the most most of our time hands-on there but a lot of really good discussion over at that tractor because um i mean we are a farm and egg um uh, valley mm -hmm. here so it's not the first, it won't be the last, yeah. so. No, there's been a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, sounds like good practice. Yeah. yeah. Curbing a simulation is always fun. For sure. Challenging. And it's something that gets everybody involved, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. we had a pretty decent-sized group. It was a third. Definitely. Um, ish. Definitely. Yeah, mm -hmm. lots of lots of talking, lots of, yeah, like you said, what if, what if we mm -hmm. do this, what if we mm -hmm. do that. And I kind of lost it, like, half halfway through. I'm, sit, I'm, I'm sitting in the back, and guys are like, well, how are we going to do this? Well, how are we going to do this? How? Well, I mean, what if we have to do a dash roll? What do we have to do this? I'm like, so go, go do, do a dash roll. They're like, what? I'm like, do it, go. They're like, uh, I'm like, start. They're like, okay. And then, like, immediately, a couple guys start start to step up, and I'm grabbing the tool tool belt to destiny or every week. <laughs> so they went and grabbed it. We don't have a belt on that, do we? Hmm? There's no belt. No, there's no belt. I got it's one coming. Clip. Yeah, I got one so coming. So now everybody's that. just clipping it's it right to the their Oh really? Destiny. I got one from yeah. uh, Amazon coming. Oh like, nice. One of these, basically, my belt I'm wearing, yeah, but yeah. big, but for like that way you can go around. Everybody with turnout gear. Well, yeah. you can go around like a 45 inch waist or with your right. turnout gear on, right? Because mm -hmm. so. that would be pretty bulky. Some some of us are. Some of it will be a little snug. <laughs> Some of it, well, you still have to not wear your turtle gear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, It'd be but, a, a satchel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It'd be a nice... Yeah, bring the fanny pack back. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, once it was like, okay, hey, do it. And like a couple seconds, it was like, oh, I don't know what you guys want to do. And they were like, well, we got to do it. And like, okay. Yeah. So we went and grabbed tools, and everybody kind of fell, fell into a bit of a roll. And... Uh, like halfway through, we're like easy on the other side because we have to do it again. So, yeah, kind yeah. of get it to the one half of the car. And this coming Thursday, we're, uh, you know, you guys Probably will switch, the same switch it up and yep. go on the other side. Yeah. yeah. Practice nights always turn into that. It's always, a, it's always a what if, what if, what if, mm -hmm. which is good conversation to a point. Mm -hmm. Then you got to put a stop to it where it's like, okay, no. This yeah. is we are scenario. here to do something. Yeah. So, let's now just we're going to do this one or two what ifs. And mm -hmm. that's going to be our plan A, plan B, plan C, et cetera. Yeah. But you mm -hmm. can't sit there and hash it out like crazy, because guess what? If that was a real call, you got your plan. Someone's making a call anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, you can have three, like we say, have three plans. Yeah. Yeah. And start with one of them. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then table those other two. Yeah. Start with the easiest one and then table it, and then for sure. Yeah, correct. Like mm -hmm. that's what we should be always thinking: three plans. Yeah, you always got to be looking. You know, like let's get something started because inaction is the worst. So mm -hmm. let's, let's let's get something rolling. Yeah. Let's get easy plan plan a and then shit this is actually bigger than what i thought it was okay now we got to roll into plan plan b and let's start thinking beyond that so mm -hmm. exactly. the quality calls it like some big fancy word some five dollar word but it's basically like take a small step mm -hmm. um, all your decisions should be like hey just as long as you're taking some small step forward like, you don't have to do all, the whole plan right now but hey uh go grab me some cribbing okay put on that tarp there Hey, let's get this happen. Like, just start doing little steps. Yeah, I don't know where I want it cribbed yet, but yeah, I don't you don't, want the, it you don't have to have the entire plan. You just mm -hmm. have to like, hey, 
do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then eventually, oh, and now it starts to build, and then then you'll get rolling. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. yeah. What? Uh, just. I'm getting pretty alright for time, but what did you guys get up to? Uh, what did we get up to? We got up to. Uh, a bunch of changes last minute that turned into uh, some hose testing we had to do. <laughs> and then at the end of it, we uh, stripped our hose beds on two of our engines mm-hmm. and um, switched up some of our dividers so we could have a pre-connected uh, two and a half with a smooth bore. Um, and yeah, so that was good. It's been a long time coming. We've been talking about having it pre-connected. Um, it's just making life a lot easier now. Absolutely. Got fire, big water. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't pulled it in a while. No. I remember when we first put it on every every fire. Dumpster fire. Big water. Big water! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I called for it the other day and I called for canceled the, it. I called so. for it the other day and I canceled it. And actually afterwards, I'm like, why did I cancel that? Mm-hmm. And I, I remember my thought was if we need, like, I wasn't sure how, because it was a daytime call in the middle of uh, a weekday. And I remember my thought afterwards was the reason why I went, wanted to go back down to the smaller line was I wanted the propane cylinder cooled. And I wasn't sure how long that was going to take or how much yeah. water that was going to take. So I'm like, it doesn't take much to cool the propane cylinder. Like, an inch and a half will yeah. do it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to burn through, like, oh, a bunch of water with yeah. a two and a half on a fire we didn't really need. Like, and, and then now, next thing, the fire is still there and it's impinged yeah. on the uh, on the propane cylinder. And so. two, how delayed is our tender going to be? I know yeah. the second engine is there, but... I mean, second, now that I know, I would have probably would have still got you to roll the two and a half and then just knock the whole, like, knock that whole side of the building down. Not down. Out. Like, mm-hmm. uh, knock the fire out. Yeah. Because um, yeah. that would have done a really quick job on it. Right. I mean, it was still wasn't a, wasn't a long job. Like, you know, yeah. like even an inch and a half, that does a lot of work. Oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Any uh, more for any more on that stuff, boys? I am good. Sweet. Well, let's uh, roll in to uh, Modus. Modus. Um, I actually just had a uh, uh, message there the other day um, from Dan Roddick. He's a firefighter and paramedic. Um, he listens. He was asking me about some um, uh, through the lock kind of soft entry stuff, passive entry tools from Modus. He wanted to reach out to them and, and get some uh, some of their tools from them. Mm-hmm. And I also mentioned uh, a few other little items and stuff, uh, like the, the Seattle Sea Rat. So I think he was going to look into both. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's uh, going to be reaching out to them and getting some of their stuff. So they've got their hydrant wrench, their mini spanners, their um, snagger tool. You got our pocket organizers, which we love. You got your regular wedges. You got your heavy hitters, straps, which, yeah. we, which we need to buy a bunch of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the high rise straps. Yeah, I want to buy like yep. twenty of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah high rise straps. They're, they're the shit. They're awesome. It's yeah. so much easier. I saw a picture of one on the back of an end. Uh, yeah, Cleveland yeah. Yeah. on the Mo's back of an engine. Posted yeah. a picture Today. of one over there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they've got their their other bags, their other uh, their their car car bags as well. They've got their Lloyd tools, um, shove knives. Man, just there's lot lots of little kits that they're coming out with now. There and we really like their products. It's, they're great products they put a lot of uh, effort into um trialing things with local departments and other firefighters mm-hmm. um so yeah we we really got behind all their stuff so uh modus check them out uh, and go online and uh discount code is dtf5 you want five percent off beautiful uh then we got stop the bleed 
Um, stop the bleed. The three methods of bleeding control are direct pressure, wound packing, and tourniquets. Um, actually, teaching a course last week on did some stop the bleed stuff. Had a good discussion with some uh, higher up people that had, you know, had kind of the purse strings. Um, <clears throat> we had actually talked about um, chest seals. Mm-hmm. Oh, it isn't currently in stop the bleed, except in stop the bleed Australia for some reason. Like, because you know how there's different... Yeah, there's different areas. Yeah, yeah, and I know one of the PowerPoints was they had chest seals in Stop the Bleed Australia for some reason. Yeah. Um, but I was talking to these people because, you know, you haven't been trained in chest seals, but I'm like, chest seals are just another dressing. It's just dressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I was trying to, you know, trying to explain the plural sack and all this stuff to them. I'm like, trust me, it's just better. Because <laughs> like, after a while, they're like, what? I'm like, you know, you get a puncture and da, da, da. I'm trying to explain, like, negative positive pressure. And <laughs> they're like, what? I'm like, just... Chest seals are awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just a dressing. Anybody can do it. And, yeah, they should have, absolutely be part of your kits or IFACs. Yeah, it'd be nice to add to um, Stop the Bleed with, with the ch- chest seals. Hopefully, mm-hmm. maybe they will. And the new, maybe if they're going to update the course, maybe they'll add it. I don't know. And I feel, I mean, <clears throat> again, this is where the nice thing with st- the Stop the Bleed content is if you're an instructor, you can really mold it with their curriculum to your audience. Yeah. And that's the nice thing. That's what we've done. And you've done uh, exceptional with it yeah. is, is doing that. And there's, yeah, keep yeah. that high fidelity training. Right. Yeah. We were talking because there's some law enforcement people I was talking to. And uh, I said, yeah, if you, if you have a chest seal, though, don't, don't keep it on your body armor. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, as your, as your backup, because then when you, if you need your chest seal, it probably has a hole in it <laughs> from whatever <laughs> shot you. <laughs> They're like, oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And oh, stop the bleed dog work. Sorry, there we go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so, rescue essentials. If you want to grab anything, have we been through that? No, we have not. Okay, we have not. Rob, rescue essentials. Sure, talk about uh, that. So, rescue. Do. I have one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a gear bag. Uh, yeah, yeah. Rescue essentials, uh, medical kits. Um, you can get fully stocked bags, uh, personal kits, uh, tools components stuff like that i was just looking on their site they i saw it come up the other day uh they got a special deal going on right now too which is their mystery gearbox mm-hmm. uh, where I, obviously this is going to be u.s pricing but uh it's about a hundred dollars or more worth of whatever gear uh for about 50 bucks sweet um, so stuff that again you're not going to know what you're going to get but you might find something useful uh it does talk about some stuff soon Sooner to be uh, expiration date than normal. Um, just a whole bunch of different stuff. So uh, looks like they're saying here too available for pre-order until November nineteenth. So check out rescue-essentials.com. Boom! Awesome. And Tanner Olson back. Jesus. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> trying to make uh, trying to make up a little. Uh, uh, crafts out of the uh, ten dollar bill. <laughs> but Canadian bills are awesome. We got like different colors and stuff. Carries <laughs> bills anymore? Huh? We well, have to have a backup bill just in case. <laughs> Only got ten bucks. <laughs> what are we talking about? Tanner Olson, Modus. <laughs> uh, Tanner Olson, uh, country music out of West Coast of Canada. Follow him on Spotify, uh, Facebook, and the TikToks, I guess. <laughs> And lastly, you have us. 
Uh, we're on all of your major streaming platforms for this podcast. Uh, obviously, if you made it this far, you found us somewhere. Um, we're on the Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, YouTube has all of our, our training stuff that we put up there. Um, haven't posted there in a while. I'm not even going to make an excuse as to why now. But... Uh, Hey, but burn building season's up, so... Yeah, absolutely. I took a few pictures, but I didn't take any video. Mm-hmm. Actually, I took a little bit of a video, but it wasn't really useful. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, maybe I'll come up. I can be there. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be all right. Um, so, yeah, keep uh, watching for us on that. Give us a like, share, subscribe. Uh, just gets us in front of more people, which we appreciate. Yeah. Allows us to keep doing what we're doing right now. Um, yeah. So, I think that's all we got. That is. Anyone and we've, we've picked up our game on TikTok a little bit. We're starting to post a bit more now. That's right. Yeah, we have a better music selection. Oh. <laughs> Man, got called out so hard. Somebody, uh, we're doing a... Somebody else other than us? Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, oh, good. One of our listeners. Oh, good, excellent. One of the listeners, for sure. <laughs> Way to go, like, we are. They're like, great video, questionable music selection. Perfect. You, you know who you, who you are. Or whatever. Absolutely. So... We're doing a demo to see if it gets more traction with a different audio clip. Too. Guaranteed so, it's going to. <laughs> well, we'll see. Well, you assholes have watched it about 15 times, which is going to skew the numbers already. But, yeah. uh, well, Metallica versus... What was I, that? I have no idea. Whatever it was... It's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's Katy Perry. Okay. <laughs> versus Metallica. <laughs> you can't play it. We're going to get kicked off the... <laughs> Oh, sorry. Yeah, I feel they're like still super anti-pirating music. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The old uh, well, no. If they're on TikTok, I think they're that, that's part of the selection, isn't it? Oh yeah, no, yeah. So I think they're I okay. Don't know how they get on that though. Let's just not ask. I think I think <laughs> Lars has calmed down since the nineties. Since the nineties, right? Napster days <laughs> and such, right? I think we're dating ourselves for sure. <laughs> Napster, wow! Haven't heard that long. Right. Well, they still play that on uh, Sirius A. Or they they have that Lars clip of that. There's like a cartoon of Lars freaking out. Oh yeah, he's doing our money, man. <laughs> like he's all mad. <laughs> Modus. Yeah. Jesus. All right. For the love, anything else? No, I'm good. Scott. Oh, good night. John. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Rob. See you later. All right. Thanks for <laughs> See listening. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Uh, yeah. Stay safe. Stay DTFF. Stay. <laughs>